guys. Great podcast. I've read slash listened to the books at least a dozen times each, and it's great to hear your opinions as first-timers. It's our first time, guys. He then goes on to say, my own for Brand 5, which was Monday's episode, goes to Jojen for having the DVD box set of Season 2 and 3 12 years ahead of time. Cheers, Jay Ramsey. There you go. That's Yay. how he did it. The green site is really the Blu-ray site. Welcome to Hump Day on Day. Game of Owns. I'm Zach. Eric's here. Hey, guys. This is Eric, or uh, shall I say Eric James McFly. The Flying Wolf. <laughs> the Flying Wolf. Actually, the Flying Wolf is Bran, who uh, we actually just uh, heard the own for us. And since we brought up uh, Hump Day and the camel for Hump Day is well known, I must share the story of how he is now in movie theaters. What? He is now in movie theaters. He has a, a gig where before the movie... Uh, a Geico ad plays and he's in the theater going, guess what day it is? Guess what day? <laughs> and, um, you know, I forget the punchline. I think it's like, it's movie day or something like that. Um, right. Some things are just not as funny when A retold or B d- derived from itself, like own self derivative. But, you know, it was still fun to see that camel. I'm glad to see that Winter Coup, uh, our former mascot, by the way, before Winter Boo, uh, beat sure. him out in an epic, Epic pog battle. Uh, <laughs> or a death match. <laughs> we call our pog battles death matches around here. It all basically came down to who didn't have as many digits on their hands. It was it was pretty bloody. This is a Game <laughs> of Thrones podcast. It is. And we, we are traveling chapter by chapter through the second book in the Song of Ice and Fire series, Clash of Kings. But it is important to note from time to time when something epic comes around, and in particular this uh, Hump Day commercial, that we keep talking about on the show because we have a Wednesday episode every week. Funny how that works. Mm-hmm. But Eric, is it the same with you that I've had like three or four members of my immediate and extended family separately uh, come to me uh, randomly, be it through messaging or email or something, and ask me if I've seen the Hump Day commercial. Like, have you seen that? That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> really? Is it that funny? Is it really that I mean, no, I guess it I, is. Uh, I have a cousin, um, <laughs> my oldest cousin, and I actually have 12, actually 14 cousins, but 12 on one side of the family. And uh, the oldest one works at a newspaper. And he, I, I get the best memes and the best commercials from him. Uh, shout out to my cousin, Scott. But, uh, you know, I, I, I just, I, he's been the one who I've seen the most camel talk from. Everybody else has been fairly tame in my family. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of tame families, camel talk aside, we begin this chapter, a brand new Tyrion chapter. Mm. Tyrion Lannister and the rest of his friends, well, not so close friends, but friends, sort of friends, are counseling the king at the small council. I guess you could say this council meeting is pretty tame. I mean, the worst is behind them, or so they think. Uh, it's weird how... One one action or one event can set off a chain of you know essentially new circumstances. This is this is what this is what it is. Is the the whole council is presented with a new opportunity, which they then not only decide to seize, but they also work out how they're going to you know do it. And and this is just something that you imagine normally happening behind closed doors. People don't see these sorts of meetings often, but they were filled with. Glee and mirth and even some compliments from Cersei to Tyrion. So, which was rare to see. Didn't she kiss him? 
Am she I, did. Uh, did yeah. I wasn't hallucinating. She mm-hmm. actually kissed him at the end of this. So. I literally went back to read it to make sure I knew the place, just in case I talked about it on the show. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't know the exact location, but for everyone curious, at the end of this chapter, and we'll get to the, the details in between, but Cersei did kiss him on the brow. Right on the brow. I believe the last time she kissed him was when they were small children, and it was a dare. So big, big day for <laughs> We're going to find out in the next Tyrion chapter that uh, Meister Lewin actually, or not Meister Lewin, Meister Pycelle actually dared Cersei to kiss yeah, Tyrion. Yeah, it's cold. And That'd be horrible. He, he's going to go into a relapse and be very upset about because yep. it reminds him of his first wife. But in the meantime, he's enjoying it. You know, it's some love from his sister, and I, I guess Cersei is 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 pretty much led. Uh, into agreeing with this proposed marriage for Joffrey. I mean, she didn't come up with it. It's just kind of there in front of everybody. And she kind of just, she's, she's against it at once for all reasons. Did you get this? Her first reason why Joffrey cannot be wed <laughs> to Marguerite Tyrell is he's promised to Sansa Stark. Yeah. Really? Was anybody <laughs> expecting that to happen? Was anybody really expecting that marriage to, to go through after Ned's death? I was. I thought it was going to be part of the story. You know, it was a surprise for me in the show, honestly, mm-hmm. when uh, Marjorie was brought before Joffrey. Mm-hmm. And this, I guess this is where we stumble upon it in the book, obviously, um, before we see it in the show, because we, we found out at a different time. But this is where we find out that um, there is a new update, a change, because, in fact, Renly Baratheon has been slain. No one really knows who, right? It's still just a big old mystery. <laughs> I love Varys was this, we, it's, it's funny because the, it's like whisper down the alley, right? <laughs> some right. people say, some people say it was a servant. Other people say it was a woman. It could have been a servant woman. It could have been a dragon. Who knows, right? I think most people believe, and there's a great line. I believe it's from Baelish, could be from Varys in, in, in this chapter where they say, well, we have to assume it was Stannis because he had the most to gain from it. Right. And that, that's a smart line because, I mean, essentially, this is a, such a different small council than what we saw a handful of chapters ago because mm-hmm. we had the oncoming threat of not one but two Baratheons. And hopefully they sorted out between each other. But who knows? And they were saying it's a possibility that they can meet at Storm's End and turn against us. And they would completely obliterate us, no question. So mm-hmm. the fact that half of the problem is gone – even if, and Varys does report this, even if most of Renly's bannermen have joined Stannis, yeah. it's still not what it was before. They're not facing two kings. They're right. facing one. Um, you know, of course, there's the king in the north and all that stuff. But essentially, I mean, it's it's no small feat that, that a king has died or a contender for the throne. And really, it's just kind of trying to deal with, I didn't expect or i think it's an interesting plot um device that you know the the widow is now primal mating you know proper she's 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 ripe for the picking um now all of a sudden her so soon departed you know renly is long gone and she's being courted for marriage to joffrey it's such a smart decision though don't you think oh absolutely when it's explained in the chapter it's like yeah, that's the way to bring the families together. You know, they just hope that uh, the Tyrells aren't that keen on the Baratheons after all, that maybe it was just I don't, power or something that they could be, they hope to sway them towards their cause. And, you know, there's another great line in here about, well, do we bribe them? Um, but they're fairly rich to begin <laughs> with. And it's like, well, no, you actually just have to 
bribes don't work as well. I forget exactly what the line is. Right. And and this situation is is completely different than what they were facing before, obviously. The reason Cersei is so happy at Tyrion toward the end of this chapter is they were all putting their ideas on the table, including Littlefinger, including Varys, including Cersei. They're thinking out loud. They're thaw. A T-O-L, tall. That doesn't really make any sense. That's a thing? I didn't know <laughs> it's that not. was a thing. It's really not. T-A-L. T-O-L. Talking They're talking out loud to each other. I guess we could call it a convo. Let's not shorten it. It's a conversation they're having. And everyone's suggesting brutal measures. And they know that there is an, an entirely large host of people that have broken off because the Tyrells didn't go with the rest of Renly's men. They need to find a way to get the Tyrells on their side. And everyone's thinking of all these brutal measures. Tyrion is the one who's like, listen, there's Marjorie, there's Joffrey. I mean, <laughs> hell, Marjorie's going to be easier to bed than Sansa. We all know this. And everyone laughs and they're like, ha But seriously, it's true, he says, you know, like this, this could really work out. I mean... Vows can be broken when it comes to Sansa. Don't worry. And Littlefinger's like, yeah, I mean, Joffrey only wants Sansa because of her body anyway, guys. Right? Right? And they're <sighs> right, like, right, right Littlefinger. Anyway. Uh <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Littlefinger has that thing for Catelyn and I'm, I'm sure it's, it's, I, I hope that the depths uh, of that are explored a little later. Um, because they, I, t- I could totally see Littlefinger and Catelyn having some awkward moment. Oh wait, she dies. Littlefinger kind of comes to the rescue in this chapter, and and so this whole plan that Tyrion hatches, there's this time sensitive element to it, where basically Loras Tyrell has ridden off, uh, with Renly's body, if I'm if I remember correctly. Um, it's gone somewhere, yeah. Oh, it's gone. It's just disappeared. That's a good and- guess, though. Yeah, yeah, it it could either be with Loras or Melisandre could could have it. Maybe she wants to get her knife back. I'm I'm not quite sure. <laughs> um but uh Loras, you know, it has disappeared and yet they need to send somebody to court with the Tyrells. Uh I believe it's Mace um and his people before I think it's before the blood cools or something like that essentially they they realize that they have a very short window of opportunity in which to to lay this deal before basically before people have had the opportunity to cool off and be like okay we really didn't mean to depart uh the baratheons we should be back with stannis you know so so essentially this leaving presents the opportunity and it's the window it's like a heist where you need to get in at the right moment otherwise the alarm trips it's just like that and don't save money paying for the guy who's less good at guns, Eric, all right? Just pay up for the guy who's real good at guns. Yeah, look, you may have to give him a slightly bigger cut, but then it's yeah. less time spent in dark alleys exactly. and dating the police. I mean, come on. I know. I don't want to hunch behind any garbage dumpsters. God, I want to tell you about the final <laughs> heist. Let me just uh, – I won't, though. But it's, Grant Theft Auto 5. <laughs> Grant Theft Auto people. Yes. And, um, you know, I worry that we sometimes get offhand, off topic a little more than often than we should. A well, more no, easily. It, it applies in this situation. It really I think does. It absolutely does. I think because have, this is yeah. a plan that they are hatching, and they need to choose who is the right person to send. Tyrion is on the pulse of this because he would love to send Cersei away. <laughs> this is yes. This is a connection between you know all the previous chapters. Even though this chapter is new, because the other ones were all about what do we do with the Baratheon threat? What do we do with the Baratheon threat? Uh, in this chapter, the Baratheon threat seems to have you know. There's a there's a big uh, good step on, on behalf of the Lannisters here, but instead, um, you know the old rivalry where Tyrion poisoned Cersei, 
Cersei wants to get Tyrion out of town. They both don't want each other to really be in King's Landing. This was the perfect, you know, coming to moment where they each tried to volunteer each other to, <laughs> to, to go court with the, the Tyrells. Yeah. She's like, Tyrion, look at you. You're, look at what you came up with. I mean, hell, this was your idea. She oh. was like, you are great at talking and figuring shit out and you trust have a me. way with words. You have such a way with words. And you're a Lannister. You're one of us. You can speak on behalf. You're the hand of the king. I mean, come on. You should go. And Tyrion just retorts <laughs> with, uh, you know, the uncle is less prepared to talk about marriage than the mother. Uh-huh. She holds the keys to the kingdom, guys. We should Ooh. send Cersei instead. Yes. Yes. And wouldn't he love that? But then she's like, my place is with my son. And he's like, uh, doctrine says that it's not. <laughs> so, yep. yeah, it was, it was great. And of, of course, Baelish comes to the rescue, but it's not for with, with without a price. Yeah, that's the best part of it, dude, because this is this is the guy who gets the biggest cut for his work. But it's almost anticlimactic because he's like <laughs> Tyrion's like, Well, what do you want? You know, Tyrion kind of expected this from him. And Baelish is like, uh, I don't really know. <laughs> let me let me go do this for you. I'll figure it out and then I'll get back to you with what I want. I want to see how hard it is first. Because I mean, there is a rabid countryside between here and there. Look, that's true. And I think some of the, they, they of course laid out the details. Uh, you know, <laughs> Littlefinger wants it in writing. He wants, what is it, 250 men that he ends oh. up getting to go with him? Eric, he bartered with soldiers. Tyrion's like, all right, we'll give you a hundred guys. <laughs> I thought that was completely re- reasonable. A hundred men. A <laughs> hundred Okay. Guys. That yeah. works, right? Uh, Baelish retorts with 500. Tyrion's like, 300. And, uh, Baelish is like, okay. And 40 more. It'll be 20 knights and all their squires. That'll really impress the Tyrells. And Tyrion's like, yeah, I guess you're right, bastard. Yeah, he really <laughs> should have had, like, dancing monkeys on the back of elephants or something like that. You know, whole Prince Ali, you know, kind of thing. Yep. Ali Ababa. <laughs> Baelish, you really towed the line here because your your demands, his, his whole attitude was rather sharp. I know that they needed him, particularly in this situation. And Tyrion did, too. We were inside of his head for this chapter, and we knew that Tyrion knew this was a smart move. We knew that he couldn't leave himself because much of his work would just, you know, disappear over mm-hmm. time. And that Baelish would probably be the best bet because he wants whatever the prize is enough that he's going to get the job done. Yeah, indeed. And and I think really with Littlefinger, we'll just have to see what he requests. Is this the point where he requests Hall? Do we know? Does that happen in season two? Or is Hall gifted to him? It's some- gifted. It, we don't see him request it. Okay. Yeah. It's gifted right at the beginning of season three because, uh, the Tyrells come and save him at the end of season two. Mm-hmm. And so as, as viewers of the TV show, we're like, okay, well, that's really cool that he threw off his helmet, beautiful Pantene styling happening. But, um, we got to see the resolution of that at season three, obviously. And that's a, a rather handsome reward. I don't know. I wouldn't call it handsome. It is hair and all. It is melted. To the yeah. Ground. I mean, we've talked about this. You, you know, it's handsome. You know, it's a, a vastly handsome well, reward. Not until what is it? Arya's chapter, the most recent one where she's talking about just how sizable it is. Um, you know, with the, the, the great hall that can hold, uh, something like a hundred tables, you know, totally, totally handsome, uh, Heron Hall. Yeah, handsome Heron Hall. I mean, I would take it. And it's, and it's a lavish reward. And we still don't know in the book, 
if that is even given to him. We still don't know how or when he receives it or what exactly he has to do. This is sort of the point where the chapter leaves us. I mean, essentially, what we do find out residually is that Tyrion has his own motives with getting Joffrey alone. He's trying to separate Joffrey from the Hound some, not to, to harm him, but actually to, I guess, to flower him, if you could say that. <laughs> I mean, that's his plan, right? To hook Joffrey, him up with the yes. prostitute. Joffrey is just not, um, you know, well broken in, but he's he's just he's a little too, you know, like he needs more sensitivity. That that's really what it's what it's all about is sensitivity training. Um, he wants to make a man out of Joffrey. He wants to make a gentleman out of Joffrey, and you, you kind of just it's like with a um a steed, you have to you know <laughs> a stall or a stallion, you have to break them in. Um. You know, by by br- like brutally, like you know, training and and that sort of thing. So I I I I feel bad for any girl that Joffrey gets with, even as a, a temporary thing. Um, but you know, essentially that that's that's where Tyrion is coming from. Is he says, well, okay, we can try all we want to woo these Tyrells, um, but you know, it's not something that is beyond the capability for Joffrey to ruin in his asshattery uh, or with his you know immaturity and and that sort of thing because even though there's not much of an age difference i think marguerite tyrell's like 15 Tyrion just wants to make sure and this is one of the great things about Tyrion. he wants to ensure that nothing goes wrong and, and in order to do that he needs to think ahead and things like joffrey's table manners or bedside bed in bed manners <laughs> bed in <laughs> bed, bedside manners totally a different yeah. thing bed in manners are yes. what Tyrion wants to um uh rem- or Remedy? Shape well, up. I think at the end of the day, Tyrion also just wants to let off some steam because he's like, I know it works for me. Maybe it'll work for you, Joffrey. <laughs> I mean, and I obviously we've seen the show and we've seen kind of how they play out that storyline. But I'm interested to see how George himself wanted that to play out. It might be the same. It could be totally different, though. Could be. Yeah. I mean, essentially, <laughs> you ever have like somebody who's like all pent up grief raging and you're just like, you need to get laid, man. <laughs> That's essentially what he's saying here right right now. Yeah. That Joffrey is just never really uh, but I mean he's thirteen. Give the kid a break. Yeah, look, you know? I mean I was five the first time I <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Early <laughs> weren't you but it's true and, and in this world works a little bit differently. And so jo- Joffrey is, you know, of age. Everybody every there's always it always gets mentioned, the flowering age and and all that stuff. And Sansa's blooming and Marguerite's already ready. And I don't know, these things that, that go past our years as we're listening. Teen drama. Reading, just teen, teen drama. Teen drama. Not another teen drama. <laughs> it's that season. Let's just love is in the air. Well, if love is in the air, that may explain Cersei's behavior. Again, like we said earlier in the chapter, here at the very end, she realizes what Tyrion has done is good. And for a second, I was fooled by her until the very end of the chapter where Tyrion's like, hey, she kissed me. And Bronn's like, really? And he's like, she did. It was kind of (laughs) weird. And Bronn's like, yeah, well, I guess she's taking note of your charms. And he's like, nah, she has something planned, man. I need to find out. And it's true. It made me completely think of that. I thought for a second, you know, Cersei even fooled me. Because, I mean, it was a good idea to marry to the Tyrells. It was a great idea. Totally worthy of a kiss for a reward. But he knows that if she's that giddy, she's got something coming. And this is just, look at what sick world they live in, huh? Your sister gives you a kiss and you suspect her. All right, then. You've heard it. Eric, I'm interested to know. I've been actually thinking this entire time because this was a rather shorter chapter than we're used to. And I'm curious... What did you squeeze out of this chapter into delicious own form? Hmm. In own form, your own capsule, uh, if you will, for this chapter. 
would have to go to Varys, I believe, <laughs> for really just so organizedly being able to lay out the different scenarios uh towards Renly's death. It's been, what, a day since this has happened, a couple hours perhaps, and Varys has gotten so many accounts, so many separate accounts from so many different people. It really just, and it's browsed over in, in you know, in the, in the chapter. Nobody really says, holy crap, dude, you actually have a thousand spies. Um, but he does. And the fact that he's able to so, you know, put together such a thorough report. Um, and the fact that he's a little humble and, and doesn't volunteer to go himself, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I think is an own. So I give it to Varys. I was just curious because it, you almost want to know, like, what side are you on? Because they completely know that you're bullshitting them right now with everything you're saying. Yeah. I love that. And he has no fear, even in the face of the queen. She she doesn't have the power to overturn this man. Power is power. Hmm. From the very beginning of the chapter, I just have to read this. Varys stood over the brazier, warming his soft hands. That's all I'm going to say. That's the first sentence for this I, I, chapter. I kept reading that as brazier. <laughs> Varys is warming his hands over the brazier, and I was like, oh, okay, all right. My own will go to the grieving Loras Tyrell. Who did, in fact, in his grief, once he saw the body of Renly, which we find out in this chapter, the book says, A fifth of Renly's knights departed with Sir Loras rather than bend the knee to Stannis. It's said the Knight of Flowers went mad when he saw his king's body and slew three of Renly's guards in his wrath, among them Emin Coy and Robar Royce. So we're down another Royce, but we're plus <laughs> three murders for a mad Loras, who I think could be very lethal in the future if he ever gets upset again. What is this crap about one-fifth of his guard were just like, ew, Stannis, <laughs> Fractions. P-U, P-U, Stannis. We're just going to go off with Loras. We're going to abandon our, our vows and all that stuff because Loras is more fun. Like, really? He knows what to do. He does know what to do. No, Loras is total badass. Um, and I agree that he is worthy of an own. Before we wrap up owns today slash this evening slash whenever you're listening to this, it could be tomorrow. I'm going to guess that it is one of those options. We shall read an email from a John Webster who sends in an own to us via our email address. Eric. Ooh. Do you have that email on your Skype? I do. This email says, Hey guys, I wanted to let you know, first of all, that Mr. Nairn finally relented once I sent in my review. <laughs> he gave me a simple nod and moved on down to the next house. Oh, there we go. I believe that relates to our threat, right? That he was going door to door. Look at that. Yeah. For my first, for my first own, I wanted to give a tip of the hat to Eric and give it to someone other than the POV character for the chapter. <laughs> Finally. Let me tell you, sir, John Webster, I was hoping that I wasn't just, you know, blabbing into the masses, into the sh shouting into the skies about this thing. I think it's valuable. It's a critical thinking exercise. It really is. So there you go. I appreciate you falling for that. Um, actually, this is, uh, so this is what he says. Actually, I'm pretty sure I'll be doing that next chapter too, since it's a freaking Theon chapter. Sorry, Eric. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, okay. There we go. My own goes to Varys for trolling the entire council. Here is a quote from the book. Varys laid a soft hand on the queen's sleeve. You have a mother's heart, and I know his grace loves his little sweetling. Yet, 
Kings must learn to play the needs, put the needs of the realm before their own desires. Given the crowd he's talking to, the only reason for this line of BS is to be a total smartass. And best of all, no one calls him out on it. That's a great own. Yeah, that's a good own. Yeah, no, he's just sitting there and he's like, listen, I know that Joffrey and, and, and Sansa are so close, but seriously, you gotta consider this. Do it for the realm. <laughs> <laughs> for the realm. Please. Get to the chopper. Please, get to the chopper. For the realm. Also, he italicized his quote. So follow John's lead. That's his first own. And John Lane, we have to say, if, uh, we had to give a, a, a rate of review considering stars for our listeners sending in owns. This would, this would be five stars, no doubt. This would be a five star rating for the review for the five star rating of this show. Yeah. And our next email from Twitter for business subject line, three tips for gaining followers to promote your business this holiday season. We'll go ahead and leave that one off the docket, but there's Ooh. a Twitter account that still exists. There is a Twitter account and that Twitter account is game of owns. You can reach us at twitter.com slash game of owns or at reply us game of owns on Twitter while on Twitter. I'm on Twitter right now and I see a tweet at the very top of the list from Mr. Andy Robillard who says, at Game of Bones, assuming I'm on the right chapter of Clash of Kings, chapter 30, yep, that's ours. My own goes to the verbal sparring between V and LF, which is obviously Varys and Littlefinger. Cersei, almost, with Kiss, but hate her. That's good use of characters, I think. We got all of it out of there that we needed. No, it's true. And uh, we got another one here from Leonardo. He has us. Every line from Peter in this chapter is an own, making Tyrion admit it so blatantly. Sly, sly Peter. He has us. They did fight very hard in this chapter. I was reading through it and I almost started taking a bunch of screenshots of the text because I was thinking, I know Eric and I are recording tonight. It's quite possible we could just start reading the lines like we're all of these characters and see what happens. <laughs> it's true. I, I have wanted to do that before and I, I think we will do it. There will be certain, I'm bookmarking certain chapters that I think would be good for that. And certainly this little exchange between Varys, Littlefinger, Cersei, and we need a fourth. Oh yeah, Tyrion could be repli uh, replicated uh, to great success with you, me, Micah, and Selena. We did have some old episodes back in the day when we used to do that. So if you guys are interested in, in hearing some of those, I think it's around probably this time last year we decided to get a little creative with it. So you can go back and listen to some of that. But I think it's cool. We might try some some more of that fun stuff as the days progress. Sticking with Twitter, we got a few more responses here. This one goes actually as a response to last week, uh, or Monday's brand chapter. Um, Leslie Barres says Hodor was soaking in God's Woods hot pool. This is in response. <laughs> this is in response to my own for Ale Belly, basically picking Bran up instead of Hodor. Where was Hodor soaking in a hot pool? Leslie also says, I agree, Selena. Melisandre is not a real red priestess. But perhaps Thoros is. There's two things in this email we could say. We could say, he could have been soaking in the hot pool, so other listeners weigh in. What was he doing? Uh, on the other hand, we could say, is Melisandre a red priestess or not? If if, mm. if one isn't, the other one isn't either. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't think that one of them can really wield the magic of the real god, and the other one cannot really wield the magic, because we've both seen them do stuff. 
You know, it's, it's there's no cutoff between somebody actually being. It's hard to take the show for canon, though, man. You know, yeah, yeah, it yeah. really is, and that's why we're doing this read through because we value both, and I guess several and all different formats of how this story is ingested and delivered. So we will continue to be a part of your world with this show, and we hope that you guys continue to be part of ours with listening and downloading. Mm-hmm. One of the great things we do on this show too is apologize to listeners when uh, we do things <laughs> that they don't like. And I'm going to do that right now to a Mr. Andy, who replied and said, that was one minute, 56 seconds of my life. I will never get back. <laughs> He's referring to a brief little clip called WGOO, which was put out uh, over the airwaves. Uh, and we actually opened our show with it here. So sorry, Andy. Uh, tough shit. Thank you, for <laughs> Thank you for subscribing to us on iTunes. Don't you regret it? You know, Andy, not everybody uh, hated it or felt the same way you did. For instance, Molly M. replied to us and said, I hope Eric was able to obtain a parking permit, uh, which I had to do the other day, so he can continue <laughs> to bring us periodic WGO updates. This is yet another option you listeners have a call on. Yes or no? Is he a red priestess? Is Eric a red priestess? Will there be another WGOO episode on Goo this Friday? Find out by tuning in. I'm Zach Louie. I'm Eric Skull. And if we don't see you, good afternoon, goodbye, and... Uh, good afternoon, good evening, it. and good night. That's it. That's, That's it. Uh, Truman Show. she had those knives she was like it slices dices and peels your tomatoes <laughs> what are you gonna do dice me what are you gonna slice do? me cut me up into little pieces <laughs> he's like what are you talking about that's a, <laughs> like you just pulled it out of the kitchen bag lay off for a second <laughs> and you're doing like a product placement for it yeah he goes man oh these beers sure hits the spot huh <laughs> <laughs> brewskis oh, oh now, brewski. now that's that a beer now that's a beer <laughs>